Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shoot a Stand Up 2. I'm Matthew Broussard. And I'm Laura Sogar. And we've been out and about, yes, Matthew. Yes, we've been traveling internationally. We, we just got back from Aruba. I did a week performing at the Holiday Inn. In a week, I did three shows. At Aruba Rays Aruba Comedy Rays Club. Comedy Club at the Holiday Inn so we in got Aruba. Back. We have tans right now. Yes. You see us, that's why we're tan. Yes, it was a good excuse to go to a warm place. Yep. And you joined me. I joined you. I successfully did a whole week of work. I did not take PTO without my company knowing that I was in Aruba. Yeah, just, oh man, the Zoom backdrop feature is (laughs) really a lifesaver. And and I kept like being like, damn, they never figured it out. And then on Friday, I realized, Laura, you played yourself. You have PTO. Why didn't you just take it? I ask you that all the time. You're like, yeah, I can't. Because whenever I offer you, you're like, I'm not taking PTO for that. And it's like, (laughs) you have so much PTO that you never use. And at the end of the year, you're like, fuck, I got to use my PTO. I don't know, man. Partial time off for people who aren't as gainfully employed. Paid time off, off, sorry. Fucking idiot. PTO. I'm thinking partial (laughs) differential equations, PDEs. Yes. PTOs. PDEs. Isn't that the, 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 the loans? I don't know. No, PPEs. No, you got an acronym <laughs> wrong, you fucking idiot. Also, that's not an acronym. An acronym has to spell out a word. Okay, Did you know that? No, I hate this, though. SCUBA is an acronym, but like F- FBI is not. Self-contained, Wait, un- self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Shut the fuck up. I think radar up. is as well. Radar? Maybe what the sonar, fuck is radar? Sonar. Radioactive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Radio- astronauts dance always radically <laughs> i did improv one. i did improv let's fucking go okay now sonar <laughs> sogar oh <laughs> someone didn't finish all four levels of ucb i did uh, oh did you did. Sure <laughs> okay well, you need to, oh you need baby to. i did the extra classes <laughs> i was over there just like you want money i want money and then Do, they would you somehow... like some money and no future in this? Oh, isn't it great? Perfect. They... I'm your ideal candidate. <laughs> oh, Sign p- me the fuck up. <laughs> I know people. It's just a place for people who love blowing money. <laughs> I was like, let me go. Let's go. Can I spend money to feel like I'm not failing? If yeah. I, The more money I give away, the more it feels like I'm doing what I can. I can't UCB... give you my time or my talent. but <laughs> UCB is for people with corporate jobs who just want to not feel as depressed yeah it's like therapy for just people with nine to fives yeah for a lot of them i and don't get me wrong love improv good improv is there's nothing more impressive most there are about one good improv shows a month yeah period yeah of all of it sorry everyone but that's true and in in this leg of the milky way galaxy exactly and even for that show People are not fucking paying more than $10 to see it. Isn't that wild? It's nuts. I consider it more impressive than stand-up when it's, it's good. It's certainly a really good supplementary skill And set. much worse than stand-up when it's bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. My poor friends. They've really enjoyed coming to my stand-up shows because they're like, oh, it's it's fun to laugh. Have Versus you d- when I would the class shows. You remember those back in the day? The God, what? Those the class painful. shows? Yeah. At the end I of it, always found a way to skip my class graduation shows for like the you, three improv classes I took. Yeah. you. I mean, you took it like as a as an exercise. I took it um, and at the end of it, it would always be like, you know, you, you take the class, you pay some stupid amount of money to be in it. And it's what, eight weeks or something like that. And at the end, yeah. you have your class show with people who you don't vibe with like with like your comedy is completely different than them mm-hmm. uh it's a lot of the times it's their first time doing something which in my case it was as well and then you do a show and it's literally the worst thing you've ever seen in your life 
And the classes are so structured that you don't get to really mingle and bond. They're very structured. Yeah, it's very like you're here to learn, at least at UCB, at um, at Matt Pitt. I did Pitt, too. Um, that was like, it was like way more feelings, get to know every person there. It was a fucking free form. Whereas just UCB, like, where they're like, sit down, learn. I don't need to know your names. Just yeah. let's go. And they try to cram all the knowledge they can, which, you know, on some level, I really like that. And it's weird. I mean, I did have a lot of fun. And um, sometimes, most of the time, I had a lot of fun, actually. Sometimes I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Why how is did, this so serious? How did the Austin classes compare to the New York classes? Austin classes, I actually really liked because it was a lot more chill. Mm-hmm. But um, And the people there are super funny, too. So there was, it was more of a community thing. It was more just people who wanted, who enjoyed comedy and wanted to get together and dick around. They did have some solid structure, so like you learn the fundamentals of improv, whatever that's worth. And the theater was fun. Like people would show up and stuff like that. But it's all very like I don't think in Austin they had the delusion that there was gonna be a way or to somewhere to go. Yeah. It. UCB and is supposed to be a pipeline to SNL. Yeah, which is like, okay, sure, maybe one out of every th- Fifteen thousand people I'm making up that number. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds maybe it's probably a lot. One out of every fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, spent no. there <laughs> goes, goes on to SNL. Yeah. It's just like if you take it for what it is, you can get a lot out of it, and you can get fun, and you can get some exposure to being on stage. That's really like I think it's a good thing for people who are nervous about stand up. Like, go take an improv class. Once you're up there and you're winging it, it's much easier to go up there with actual written material. Right. <laughs> it's made it to where now, when I'm up on stage, and even if it's not going well, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Like, yeah, I've your never- material's just a helmet. Yeah, you, you're you used crash. to being on yeah. stage with just, like, chaos around you. Yeah. Um, well, you said that before in the podcast, though, with people who want to start stand-up, and, you know, our advice is just do it. And people are like, but I'm really nervous. And, and then take take an improv class, and that's really, the in-between. If you're really, really nervous, um, a couple things you can like do. Like, really nervous. I still say just go for it is the best method. Well, even for – listen – some people you get a lot of social anxiety. You could definitely just go for it, but like I also think going to watch an open mic, that really can take care of a lot of the nerves because you're like, right. well, they're just fucking doing whatever they want, huh? Yeah. And it also gives you an idea of what you need to bring mm-hmm. to an open mic. But then even more so, if just the thought of standing on that stage makes you want to die, improv class is a really nice way to make a few friends, you know, kind of get coached through it and check that box of being on stage, you know. Yeah. Without anything prepared, which is way worse than going up with something prepared. Well, having prepared. dicking around and having a fun time is kind of like what good improv is. I know there's skills, but when you're watching improv at its best, when you're watching like Middle Ditch and Swartz, they're having they're a so blast. Good. Yeah. Or at least they do a convincing job of looking like it. And then like that's also the most important thing in stand up. I mean, aside from a few per, like curmudgeonly personas. The more fun I have on stage, usually the better I'm doing. The crowd's really, there's that, those, what are they called, mirror neurons? When you see someone having a good time, you start to have a good time with them. That's why Chappelle laughs at his own jokes. It just, yeah. it just energizes the crowd. Yeah, people are just taking your energies and stuff. It's fun. All right, so from improv back to impro- improvising abbreviations, back to uh, <laughs> PDEs to PTO, because you were taking, you yeah. should have taken time so off from Laura our trip to Aruba, Laura which is where we just was. Laura herself. That's what she ended up doing for a week. My, my company wouldn't have given a shit. No. Why do they care where I am? They don't care. <laughs> but it just felt very sneaky It felt sneaky naughty, and fun. but it wasn't, it wasn't at all. I, I worked extensively the entire week. Mm-hmm. Like I had a full schedule. 
anyway, I'm an idiot. Point is, but we already knew that. You though, you did shows. I did shows. Um, I did three of them. It was uh, three or four man shows with Ray Allen, who who, who runs the club. Great comic. Uh, and been around the a good executive time. producer of This Week at the Cellar. Yes, he was. He created This Week at he's the Cellar. He's fucking smart. He's cool. He's a hustler. He's he's, he's, he's funny. First what of all, I really very funny. But even and um, I was super impressed with his crowd work. I mean, and his like all of it was just great. But what I really think was cool about him and that not a lot of comics have is like strong business acumen mm-hmm. of what is. Um, what to, what to set up? I mean, he set up this comedy club down there, and as a result, he gets to go live rent free. He lives in his own house rent free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watch yeah. too much TikTok, guys. It's <laughs> and he, and uh, yeah. he gets to stay down there for for a couple months and run this, and then do a shit ton of material. And it's like kind of a pretty slick little setup he's got down there. And he truly is at home in Aruba. He really likes. He loves a- it. island life. Island. He's an island boy. Yeah, because <laughs> he was talking die. about. What's wrong with me today? I was trying not to do it. Sorry. I was trying not to do island boy. <laughs> he. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like tightly wound up from New York. So when I go to places where you're supposed to relax, I just I'm like, no, 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 no. This is wrong. Why are people walking so slow? We need to be doing yeah. things. And he talks about being able to shake it off. Yeah. After a yeah, little bit of time. Vacations can be hard when you're going, going and going. And um yeah, it's definitely jarring row, so. initially. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing is that it was really interesting. To the timing of of the Aruba trip kind of came around way post us planning this entire Iceland excursion, which we did for Thanksgiving. And yes. Thanksgiving, like I think we've talked about it, we like to travel internationally over Thanksgiving when there's not a global pandemic. Because it costs about the same amount of money to go to Iceland as it does to go to Fort Myers Beach, Florida. Yes. And let me just tell you, I'm gonna if I'm spending the money, I'm going to Iceland yes. every time. <laughs> every time. Oh, not not the winter months, but <laughs> the rest cold. of the year, perhaps. The shows were interesting in Aruba. I personally couldn't connect with the crowds as well as I wanted to. I think it was so good for you. I, it like was good for me. And I, you know, I, I, I pride myself in, you know, wanting to try every room at least. And the rhythm was off. Uh, I didn't do enough crowd work up top, but I was doing like 15 to 25 minutes between these shows. And on every show, it took about 10 minutes before there was any momentum being built uh, just to try to get them in the rhythm of jokes, my jokes. And... Even I, I feel like I had them by the end, but there were just references that just fell flat. I have a two, three minute joke that ends in a DJ Khaled reference that just hit just nothing. They're just like, no one knew who, who he was. That? I think if you had been like another one or I, I think did. did. All right. And yeah. I was like, well, maybe I'll double down on the impression. And then that also missed. Well, I'm like, well, that's just. And to give a con- like context, like most of these people are our parents age, which is. At least which, early in the week, they were older. Which yes. can be, yeah. In the last crowd, it started to get more folks just coming in for the weekend, mm-hmm. which would be more like our age. And, you and know, my sets did better, it. those shows. Yeah. And, but I think it's still really good to know because, like, obviously, those people are comedy fans. They're showing yeah. up and they're going to show up at your shows in fucking Ohio, potentially. And, I, yeah. I mean, you clearly do comedy clubs versus, like, vacation Comedy clubs are, are younger and more liberal, usually, because yeah. they're in cities. Do you think it was because. It was also a mixed a crowd so, that was yeah, very politically just, mixed. Let's and describe I the crowd t- for a second. It was interesting because it. I w- when you say liberal, I'm like I don't feel that the crowd was like super conservative. I just don't know how a Trump joke would have landed. They you would have pissed maybe quarter of them off. 
probably a quarter of them would have been. There were a lot of Northeasterners, but they could have been they could have been like Western Massachusetts Northeasterners. I don't know. Yeah, I, I got the vibe that politics would have split the room no matter how I, I tried it. Brian Scott McFadden, who closed out the shows, just was getting murdering, roaring reactions murdering. and doing just material. Very little crowd work. As he, well, he did a really, really good job. He's a, a very much a veteran comedian who has very long, well-written bits, voices, characters. God, all the oh my god, the voices. Well, we should have him on at some point to talk yeah. about his voice acting experience. Well, that's the cool part about both Ray and Brian Scott McFadden was that they they've both been around for decades, and the stories. Oh my it's god, it's so we fun. Got, well, you, whenever I you're got around very a comic who's been Friday around, yeah. and was just like prying stories out, and prying. was delightful. Yeah. That is a great fucking time. Yeah. Who did Ray come up with? Wasn't he telling about some people he's Oh yeah, it's stories about Geraldo, Greg Geraldo and being buddies with Geraldo and like comics from that era. He knew Patrice. So and he, and he really knew these guys very well. And he's the cool part about Ray is he's he bills himself as a producer just as much as a comedian. He's had TV shows over the years. I mean, he very much deserves did, like the credit in so many different arenas. He did one of the original he so did cool. Conan like when it ca- first came it's on the nuts. air. Isn't that cool? It's so cool. That's that's the fun part. And it's like, cool too because I get that in Vegas when I go to Vegas too. Some of those comics have been around a while, and that like uh, Tom Rhodes, who I performed with in Vegas, was like good buddies with Mitch Hedberg and, and told stories about. What I really like about it is it's different versions of um, the way this career can go, mm-hmm. and they're all really interesting and super valid. But it's like obviously not not everyone's going to be a Dave Chappelle. You know, no, but there's only so many Chappelle shows that can occur. Those of us under 40 still have some hope that we might have that because we all look at Louie blowing up at age 42 and we're like, oh, that's maybe it could happen. You know, like every every, you know, 30 was uh, didn't pop at 30. Uh Oh, man, 30, 33. Okay, 35, you know, late 30s. Okay, early 40s if I don't get fat or bald. And and like at at one point along the line, you have to be like, okay, that's not going to happen. But I still, this is my job. This is the best way I have to make money. And I'm going to try to find new avenues. And uh, like, but I also, I don't so think so much. A- so many comics of that age I meet, even into their 60s, um, will still be hustling and doing new projects and still have yeah. that, uh, you know, just excitement for new avenues. Well, and I think that's almost more interesting to an extent because. Much more. Well, it, it obviously, like, you know, being the Louis and stuff, well, <laughs> can can be good <laughs> until right. it's really bad. Um, but beyond that, I think the the it's creation com- thank you the creation component where you get to more kind of go play on both sides of the field, like behind the scenes and on the scenes. I've mm-hmm. been doing a very baby, baby, baby version of that with my production of just local shows. Yeah, but it's New York, so I mean it's cool, right? But we, but it, it gives yeah. me a super appreciation for. Like it's almost more uh, creative in a way, right? Like and guys, the output is 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 the output of multiple minds and multiple things. Whereas a stand up, you're create you, all you all you're armed with is your words, and, right? And well, your and mouth. also, I'm sorry, Matt, but like you, you're not performing fucking anywhere without those people who are producing the the Aruba show and this week at the cellar and other TV shows and stuff like that. It requires an engine behind it to showcase talent. In the first place. Yeah. I don't know. A I got very guy. excited about it. And also there's money, like a fuckload of money. Yeah, that has to be put Potentially down. made yeah. in that if you're if you're good at it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, but that always that that puts me because in New York it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. Everyone's trying to blow just up. Do spots, do spots, do spots, do spots, and get a it. TV show and 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 those things. But the the collaborative endeavors are, you know, where things really like Seinfeld was the result of you know right. so many brilliant actors and writers. That wasn't and, just Seinfeld being good at stand up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me go. Pretty small part. Mm-hmm. The entire equation actually was that. Yeah, I mean, you talk like to comics over fifty; they just want to be—they just want to be a a part of something like that. They want to be right, the person. but who the fuck is making it? Yeah, and someone—it's someone. Yeah, it I puts think it's things so in cool. perspective. I it, think it's I, really yeah. cool. It's a good, just like, um, uh, what's my what other word? I can't even put words together over here. <laughs> I'm talking about production. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. <laughs> No, it's a good just like lesson and like energy to bring to to your creative mechanisms because it's like maybe I don't know, maybe there's other things you can do on the days where you're not writing a good bit or something like that. Obviously, write your stand up and do all that, but there's other avenues to not ignore completely. I disagree. If you have a mindset of of that type, my advice to listeners is work on your stand up and don't work on anything else. Just do stand up. Don't ever yeah. get distracted no. by trying to write a TV show or make a podcast or do YouTube videos. My advice to listeners is to book a show in the New York region and then reach out to me, Laura, and book me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, how short-sighted you are. Yeah. At this, uh, oh, listen, if you want to make a TV show and put me in that, I'm on. You're at the point now where just getting booked around town is like your number one motivation, just getting on spots locally, I think it's, which is as high as some people ever get. Totally. No, I'm, I'm listen, I'm grateful for every spot, and I, and I can also see myself improving pretty dramatically. Yeah, but um, you need the stage time to improve. Yeah. yeah. The good thing is I've created a lot of my own stage time, so yeah. there's no getting around that. Like, I'm doing those spots. Are are there like you have to look at certain spots as holding status? Do you look at shows and be like, if I got booked on that show, people would notice I'm on that show and then book me on their shows? So because I'm I'm, not, I'm certainly guilty of this. I'm not sure. I think the pandemic really like rattled things around. There's a couple shows where I'm like, oh, I know those to be like, let's just use the word prestigious for lack of a better word mm-hmm. shows. Um, like I'm really excited. I'm doing the comics you should know in that's, January. I'm really excited. That was a really cool one. You told me you got booked on that. I was very excited for you. That's yeah. And David I, just, I think it's more just the fact that I respect the comedians who, who run those mm-hmm. so much. And, and it's, they have it's good more, lineups and it's a line- really fun crowd. Yeah. So I'm stoked for that. Um, but beyond that, there's, you need to promote that show. Like it's your upcoming tour dates. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come see me right after New Year's. Um, I actually have a lot of shows coming up, which I'm excited for. Yeah. But, oh wait, we should talk about my, my harsh, uh, reality or realization in Aruba. Yes. So I was there, I was booked for these shows. Um, it was three shows for the week. That was, that was, you know, the deals that I come, I get together for a whole week and I do these three shows and it's, I'm the rookiest comic on the lineup and it's an intimidating, it's, it's a certain kind of gig. Yeah, they're bringing uh, the, like Judy Golden next yes, week. Yes, like, yes. You need to be very yourself. skilled, <laughs> not just very funny, but also very versatile, and be able to shift gears to whatever. Yes. Um, so I didn't even consider you doing the show. I was like, you know, maybe if it comes up, obviously great, but I'm not going to ask for it. I'm already trying to just make sure that I get invited back. Totally. And then on Which I was like, word, I get it. Day three, day four, we were hanging out with Ray, and I made some quick allusion to your stand-up, and he goes, wait, Laura does stand-up? 
and I didn't realize he didn't know. And this was like the night before my last show. And after the last show, yeah, he said, I would have put you up if I had known. And I was like, Matthew, you owe me a fucking vacation. Yeah. (laughs) I always try to put out. Okay, listen, trust no one is the story here. Everyone's going to try to hold you back, even your boyfriend. Even your boyfriend who claims to support you. And no, I I mean, obviously, Matthew um, has has done a lot of very kind things that I don't deserve. But I sleep with him. So there you go. Um, but also like my, my policy is I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you get a spot that I don't think you could have gotten on your own with just a very good email. Well, okay. So no, that was the plot twist. Cause I agree with you. And the mm-hmm. fact I wouldn't want him to have just put me up because I'm your girlfriend. I, I don't like that does freak me out a little bit. Right. Me I'll, too. Listen, I'll take it. Yeah. If someone's again, if someone is booking, a room, which has happened, it has happened. Yeah. And I feel um, like the last time. Last time in Atlanta, it was kind of I was that. just about to think about that. Yeah. I don't want to think about that one right now. Okay. But um, what what threw me is that he mentioned that a guy... Oh, I don't want to blow up his spot. Let's do it. Whatever. I don't remember his name. Um, some hit, 23-year-old some kid. Guy, some guy went down to Aruba and hit up Ray about doing just a guest spot, probably uh-huh. five minutes or something like and that. And he was 23 and be doing comedy for a year, maybe? Yeah. And, um, and he got to go up. And I, listen, I get it. There's like... A hundred thousand people on this island. Period. Mm-hmm. There's not that many stand-up comedians, so it makes sense that he was like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" You yeah, know, I'm bored. But like the fact, I was like, "Oh, well, this guy was able to get on no problem." But I'm over here like two and a half, almost three years, and I have almost too much respect for, like, I wouldn't ever. He's been doing cons- comedy ten times as long as you. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't consider asking because I, I don't. I don't think I'd have earned it. And I mm-hmm. haven't first and foremost, but that's like the harsh lesson that I think I learned from that was fuck earning it. Like people are going to sidestep lines and stuff like that frequently. So, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a, there's a delicate balance there, but clearly in this case, you know, I just had to like do my job quote unquote, for, which was what's the point there <laughs> yeah fucking yeah just <laughs> that, making money yeah just like you know work for corporate america versus yeah doing five minutes on and to a bunch of you know hungover um tourists yeah my target demo yeah well it's good to know in retrospect and i still it think is it's really, good it's, a good lesson it's good me. that you didn't that time around because the next time you'll be better and i think you would have done fine there i would have been all right but i agree there, it there, you rough. certainly would have hit some trap doors yeah. The same way you did in Connecticut, because no, I, I did the same crowd as you in Connecticut, and this was no, I know, yeah. uh, I know. This is the infamous. If you're if you're a new listener <laughs> in Bridgeport, Connecticut, I went up and ate a dick. You got a quiet response in a room that seats hundreds because only twenty people were there. That was that all was right. All well, that Matthew's just been continuing to try to make me feel better about this, but no, they they openly fine. hated me. Besides that no, one they kid. Didn't. That's the thing about bombing is you think everyone hates you and they just didn't like you. There's a difference between not liking Matthew, and hating. I am a white woman, so that is hating. I'm a white man. Yeah, you're used to Even everyone more, hating yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, okay, should I name this person? In terms of asking for stage time, this is a story I've probably never told you. Um, oh, 2013, shit. I had just been, I was living in Houston. I just got, uh, I had just been booked for uh, Adam Devine's house party, my Comedy Central, a set on Comedy Central. And I was running my set everywhere I could. I was doing it in Austin. I was doing it on every show in Houston. And I came to the improv, and there was a very big name 
uh, headlined the improv and uh, I, I, I was hanging out at the show and someone introduced me to him and you know so I was really excited for the show and I told him I was just about to do Comedy Central and he said congratulations and I said um, uh, if you have any room for a guest spot I'm trying to run this set I know you run a really tight ship and he goes I do run a really tight ship and that was it's the fair. end of it. That's in fair. retrospect, it's fair because I still have trouble saying no. But like sometimes I've given away guest spots. I'm like, should have left it. <laughs> should have yeah, left should've it. Put that I'm up. getting a little more protective over the show because as a no. headliner, you have so much pressure for the show to go yeah. a certain way. I can and appreciate that. If someone does too much crowd work or is too dirty, that fucks with my set because I'm a bad comedian who can't follow that. And it's I've I've started to want to be a little more selective with who I grant stage time to. I understand why people bring their own openers now, because just knowing what you're getting can right. really ease your mind before you go up there and entertain strangers for an hour. For an hour is such a long time. No, I completely can appreciate. And I think that that's like that's a fair way of putting it too. Mm -hmm. you know, just being like, oh, you know, it's not that I think you're bad. I just want to know what I'm getting. Right. Yeah. Because it's your fucking money. It's your job. Yeah. Yeah, so you should ask for stage time in this situation. You, you should have been a little more bold. I should have been a little bit more bold. You should have been more like a 23-year-old white man. Listen, I say that to myself every day. Yeah. <laughs> Come I on, Laura, channel their energy. <laughs> it's funny I say that, and then there are people who are way too pushy. We've seen both. Listen, it's, it's But a I think a lot of the young you women listening to this podcast probably aren't pushy enough. Probably aren't pushy enough. a big enough. portion of our listeners. Yep, Absolutely. Whereas, um, yeah, no, it was just, it was just interesting uh, on the flip side. I kind of agree with you. Is it bad that I didn't go up? No, it's fine. It's but fine. It's and fine. I, I got to watch and like learn a lot and stuff like that. It was whatever. Um, it was an interesting experience nonetheless, but in Iceland I did get to go up and it was so fun. Yes. So, yeah. So we, we found a show in Iceland. They have one English comedy show a week at the, uh, hard rock cafe this is our, our continual well actually my continual tour to try to do is comedy in mm -hmm. countries where they're like bitch we don't speak english yeah, yeah you're you have more let countries alone. than states right now let alone do stand-up comedy we're happy if the waiter at the bar can understand you yeah. trying to ask for a beer yeah it's cerveza <laughs> yeah mexico city was stupid i'm yeah, an idiot yeah but no, Iceland had, ha before the pandemic, had a comedy club called The Secret Cellar that would have English-speaking headliners. Yeah. And then when I looked at, so they don't have that club anymore, but they operate out of the Hard Rock Cafe. When I looked at their website, they had just had Andy Haynes and Rosebud Baker as well as Andrew Michon. So I messaged them, and they threw us on their Thursday showcase. And all of the, I, all of the comics were, most of them were American, uh, expats living there. There was yeah. one Icelandic comic, and then there was a couple people from other countries. There was some guy from, like... I wasn't exactly sure, but it was definitely people who Republic. had been in um, Reykjavik, like, longer. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like we were... Well, us and then... Oh, I forget his name, but that other guy that was there. Yes. Were the most, like, temporary, like, just visiting kind of deal. Yeah. And um, crowd was a mix, thank God. Well, that was the disappointing part to me was, I was the worried. crowd was mostly American or Canadian. There was so definitely – like there were like Icelanders there, but they weren't um, – it wasn't the majority. And uh -huh. I was going in like we had just spent like a couple days in Iceland with these people who are like awesome. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Very different culture. Yeah. Very different. 
Also, I learned when you text, uh, when you when you send messages back and forth with Icelandic people, they don't use contractions, <laughs> which is very well, sounds English, very aggressive. They speak Icelandic, they, but they speak English very well. They do speak English very well, but but I, I messaged the club and I said, "Hi, I'm reaching out about the uh, comedy show on Thursday." They go, "Yes, what is up?" <laughs> I was like, "Are you the Terminator?" <laughs> what is up? Uh, those shows were fun. It was just cool to cross off, another, but it felt like a regular show. Uh, it was but super fun. yeah, if you're in Iceland, go check out that show. It was it was a great. I'm, I'm complaining about how fun it was. It was a really good experience. Yeah, we had a good you time. You did almost 20 minutes. I, I did. You I did ran very the well. Fuck out of the light. My bad. Um, whoops. And I was like, eh, whatever. It's Matthew. He can. <laughs> he's just gonna do less time. <laughs> I bought the plane tickets here. He'll yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna take an extra three. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, what was also so funny was, uh, we would do like the dating jokes there, and if you don't know much about Iceland, there's like this fairly famous thing where they're all related. Yeah, because like they're all seven generations related uh, at most. Yeah, it w- at least, at least. No, because the, the, the less generations related you are, the more related you are. Okay, sure. I don't want to go through another quiz. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and an acronym is. <laughs> I, I'm, wait, no, it would, I think it would be at most. Is, sure. Yeah. The point is, they literally, they quite literally, we did a history tour where this guy who is, I trust him with my life. Funk, ice, funky Iceland? Funky Iceland tour. can't recommend if you go to Reykjavik. I'm obsessed. The Funky Iceland tour. <laughs> I follow tour. them online. What was his name? I don't remember. There's something silly sounding to, Just to my follow ears. Funky Iceland tours on Instagram. Lalo? Lolly? We had a great time. I was freezing cold and I still right, had a great time. Right, but he told us there's an app called Cousin Cockblocker. Yeah, like so the you translation can, it, you, you into English. You type English in your profile, it tracks your lineage, and then and then when you, you bump your phones with someone, if you meet someone at the bar and you're hitting it off, you bump your phones together, and it tells you if you're too related or not to date. Like, this is a real thing. This is a real thing. So and that was, yeah. This was, this was a bit I actually <laughs> made me. work about Iceland was they also use patronymics, which is your last name is just your dad's first name plus oh, yeah. son or daughter. Uh, and it's, it's literally so you don't like even keep track of last names to know your lineage, which would be a very valuable thing if you're trying to not fuck your cousin. <laughs> Is being like, do you have it, any Glassmans in your family tree? Because my my dad, my mom's dad was a Glassman. It's basically like if you don't have a smartphone, you're going to fuck your cousin. Right. Like it's gonna happen. Like the entire culture is built to set you up to right. fuck your cousin. Yeah, it's such a small man. The history was so interesting. It was so interesting because it started getting settled in like 800 and then 1200. Or the people started coming there in 800 and then 1200. They started like settling it, and then they they deforested the whole island and then got stuck there for like 800 years or like. Hundreds of years because I think it was like a thousand is what my my favorite person in the world told me. Yes. The Icelandic guy. Leaving Your the new tour. boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was very old. <laughs> <laughs> he's my cousin, so I can't. <laughs> you can't fuck him because he's your cousin. Yes. <laughs> no, but um, how funny is that? That they hated it there and then they ended up accidentally deforesting it while they were there and the boats broke and they couldn't leave. Yeah. So therefore they were just like, fuck, for a thousand years these had to stay on this island dude also you couldn't be a vegetarian there wild you would die he said someone on the, on the tour was vegetarian he was like uh he said if you were a vegetarian in this country up until 1910 you would have died in the winter sure. because there's no there's no crops that grow so you have to live off dairy fish and lamb and like that's whale. it 
They're just they're they keep a super keto diet <laughs> for six months of the year. But going back to the, the also show, the baby thing. Oh wait, one more time. The well, baby yeah, yeah, thing was talk about the baby thing's crazy. That was wild. So uh, when the Danish king who ruled Iceland uh, became Christian and was trying to force all of his people to convert to Christianity, they came to Iceland. They said, "You have to convert, or we'll kill you." And they said, "Can we just call ourselves Christian and we'll still practice?" our Viking religion, you know, worship Loki or Thor. And they said, sure, but there's three things you have to do. And one of the three was they had to stop. What did they call it? Baby letting? No, they had a, a, a very euphemistic word for it of uh, like pl- p- placing their babies out. Baby leaving or something? Baby leaving or something like that. And it was a policy that if you had a kid that you didn't, you couldn't take care of, if you just like, oh, I already have seven kids and an eighth, I just don't think I could feed it, you would just give birth to it and then just leave it outside. And it would die pretty instantly. And, and that, that was, was just what they were up to. That was considered like a... Normal. When someone, yeah, they'd be like, oh, good for them. They didn't keep it? Great. Yeah, good for them. Because it was such a harsh climate to live in. Wild. And like like dozens of times in their history. So we did 15 minutes each on infanticide. Yes. (laughs) Very pro-choice country. Um, The most pro-choice. The most Uh, pro-choice. They were talking back. No abortions after. (laughs) No abortions uh, after 120 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The, what was <laughs> there was but one other thing that was fascinating about. I mean, and then the whole so they had this like nationalist kind of movement where they thought they were genetically superior to every other race because they had you know left all the weak babies in the winter. Yeah, and and they uh, had a really really it was an ugly place after World War II, and then now it's like one of the most progressive countries in the world. It's, it's so really cool. interesting. It's like absolutely fascinating, and their banks are fucked <laughs> okay that's All a right. risky that, business episode yeah we'll i know that's a completely that different storyline if you give a shit i will talk about that probably soon on um my other podcast the about show. the icelandic fi- financial crisis oh, yeah, check that one out yeah risky business news it'll be interesting because i read an entire book on it because i got so fascinated right on after. the plane on the plane Fuck, god i'm smart god you read fa- you read a whole book on a plane it was like yeah. 300 pages yep on your phone I know, I'm a psycho. Uh, we already went over that. But it was very funny because in the show, I was doing some bits about like, oh, you know, you guys dating, you know, to the couple mm-hmm. on the front. And they're like, you're dating. And I was like, oh, my God, do you know, a lot of people here like are, you know, related. Are you sure you're not cousins? They go, we're cousins. And I was just like, I <laughs> Hope you got good birth control. <laughs> I did not know what to say in response <laughs> to that. I was like, didn't, I didn't. I did not prepare, nor do I know where we're like, going. Like, hey, that with was it. my joke. Oh, what are you, cousins? Fuck. <laughs> I was like, do I offend? Am I offensive? Is this going to be like offensive? And the answer is probably yes. Yes. And I just moved it along. I was moved like, I don't along. have anything else to say to the cousin fuckers. Like, <laughs> they were very nice, show. though. They're very nice. But her arm was like around him, and I was just like, please stop that. I don't know. Maybe don't. I don't know. I don't want to be judgy, but I'm also like. Were they joking, maybe? I don't know. And that was the other <laughs> thing. I was like, are you playing? Are you doing a bit on me? Because that's fucking hysterical. It was very funny. Uh, but also not. It could have been funnier had I just been a better comedian. But I'm not. Um, also, I made Matthew go snorkeling. <laughs> yeah, we can't forget that. So it was, it was a Laura-planned vacation, which means she had activities every hour of every day. And, and we went everywhere. Yes. And uh, we woke up early and drove an hour in a ver- on a very cold day to snorkel. It was 25 degrees outside, and we parked, and there was no indoors. We just 
walked up to a van in a parking lot and mm -hmm. the guy just handed us our dry suits and we put them on and it hurt because uh, you have to like seal the, seal off your neck and you screw on the yeah, gloves. Yeah, so dry suits is you're you're not wet. So you're dry it's, it's not it's not like a wetsuit. Wetsuit has you know some what? permeability. This thing is a spacesuit. It looks like a spacesuit. Yes, you look like the Goombas from the Mario movie, <laughs> the live action Mario movie. And um, you put a thing over your head, but you're still your head gets cold. Your head gets wet. The water was the clearest water on the planet. Yeah, it was. What, what was the reason that we did this in the first place is I think it's called like Silftra or Silftra or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's this region that's between the two tectonic plates of North America and Europe. Yeah. Which is fucking dope. Yeah, it's and where the uh, continents are drifting apart yeah. at a rate of two centimeters per year, which they said is as fast as your fingernails grow. It's really which cool. Which is pretty fast. And so if you uh, buy land there, it might you might actually your acreage might might grow. Yeah, it's a really good investment strategy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But there's um, glaciers that melt um, or don't even, I don't even know how they're what's going on there, but it's like all volcanic. So there's like a component where the there's water that's like 35 degrees like it's really fucking it's cold 33 33 point is it and, it, and that difference would, you can feel that difference it would it would be frozen but it's moving fairly quickly like it's coming up fairly quickly so it doesn't freeze over yeah. so it's as close to ice as you can put your body in but still in a liquid form yes and it's extremely clear extremely, extremely clear, clear between the two continents so it's a really popular place for people to go and do this like exp like um snorkeling in the dry suits mm -hmm. because it's just like a really it's one of the natural wonders or something i don't know and then world heritage sites or some bullshit right. like that very cool point is um i was like dope matthew will love this <laughs> I was dreading it from the moment you said it and just had to play <laughs> kept along. I was trying to gently be like, that sounds cool. <laughs> I was like, I signed us up. Yeah, no, I signed us up. And I can't, I can't, like, once you sign us up for something, I can't back down. I no, can't act can't. like a sour sport at all or you'll say I ruined the whole trip. I will. Yes. If I'm, I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading this a little bit. You would have you been. Oh, he's ungrateful. Yeah, you would have said I was ungrateful for this trip you put together and paid for. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, it, we we got in a fight that morning. I can't. Oh, because I bought you sparkling water instead of regular water. You asked for me to buy you water at a gas station. I bought you sparkling. Guys, and you were really mad about so that. Petty. But you have to understand. But any woman listening to it is like, I'm sure the it's like the Riddler joke. I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's not that I'm upset about. It. It's something that that I was, represents. I was, well, you're just not paying. Yeah. But anyway, but the um. The, the part of the reason we were so thirsty is that it was so funny. Their whole thing there is like, you don't need bottled water at all. Like, this is Iceland. It's the purest water in the world. Yeah, you could drink the snorkel water. You could drink this. You literally could. But what they failed to mention is that Iceland also has a fucking volcano under it. Like, pre, like in a large region, there's, yeah. there's geothermal activity all over. There's water from and way, way deep. And if you know, if you've ever been up. near geothermal activity, it smells like sulfur. Yeah. So the place we happened to be staying was close enough, whatever the well that they got their water from was close enough to the activity that it was salt. It was sulfur water. There was mm -hmm. like sulfur in the water, which is yeah, it probably, smells very stinky. probably hypothetically safe to drink, but it's horrible. It tastes like I was like, uh, like I was like, I could mm -hmm. not drink it. So I was very thirsty is the point. Cause we had been yeah. prepped. We were like, I don't bring any water. Anyway, yeah, that was that one location. We had sulfur water in the shower and in the hot tub yeah. and in the sink. 
and it's bad. Yes, we needed water. But everywhere but else was delicious. We get water. there, we park. It's 25 degrees outside. We don't have winter jackets for this whole trip because we're fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> and then we go to the van, we put in all this stuff, and then we stand in line to snorkel for like 30 minutes, just getting colder and colder and colder. And we get in. And it's not terrible when you get in the water that it compresses you. It was really you. cool. It was, and it was and also really cool. Your face so hurts exciting. so bad. You know, like you're like, oh my god. Like, and blah, it's blah. about 400 meters of just paddling along, enjoying the sights. Your face burning with cold, and it's about 20 minutes. And 15 minutes in, a woman in our group, Scottish lady, says, "I think my suit is leaking." And the guide looks at her and he says, "You've lost buoyancy." So with as much urgency as an Icelandic person can can summon, which is not much. They're, they're kind of a <laughs> deadpan people. And he grabs her, drags her to shore. They run a quarter mile through the icy snow, and he rips her, her dry suit off. I watched him unscrew the gloves, and it looked like someone dumped a, a glass of water out of each of her yeah. sleeves. Which she, she probably had about a gallon underneath. of water inside her suit. Yeah. 33 degree water 33 degree water on a 25 degree day with uh, with no indoors to go to with no indoors yeah just he, she got in a van and started chugging hot cocoa and um she was blue it was she, blue I was lips. Like, she was yikes. shattering like i thought she was gonna break her teeth and he, like 30 minutes later she was still warming up but what the important part is scottish people are fucking tough she just goes i could use some whiskey <laughs> <laughs> ah, will you adopt me? Oh my God! I've never been. A this smaller tough. person would have died. She would. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He he. Uh, the guy told us at the beginning of the day. He goes, "The water's thirty-three degrees. You'll get hypothermia in four minutes. Like you would die if you just jumped in there regular clothing. You die in like four minutes." Yeah. Yeah. So and that she was put like, our bet. That put our cold in perspective. Yeah, I felt like a massive pussy after that. Yeah, and she just toughed it out for fifteen minutes. She just raw dogged it. Yeah. She just didn't want to bother the group. I do understand I, my, my whole thing. I was, I was like, if that had what happened to me, I would have called the U.S. Embassy. <laughs> I would have sc- airlifted myself home to my apartment. I would have been like, take me back. They would have scooped you up and dropped you into a hot tub. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Um, good hiking on that trip. Yeah. I really recommend Iceland. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I highly recommend do the... If you can, go check out the show, um, try to get a spot, or just go watch. It was really, really fun. I had a fan come see me in Iceland. a fan, which is cool, because we were in the middle of fucking nowhere, so that's, yeah. Um, Believe it or not, Matthew is gaining more and more traction. I'm proud of you. Bullshit 40-second And um, Laura is not getting booked in Aruba, so that's pretty chaotic. She's performing in Iceland. But I did perform in Iceland, and we have a bunch of shows coming up. Yeah, I'm going to be in Richmond on New Year's Eve. Um, that's yeah, January. Oh, I might be there too. Yeah, January 30th, 31st. And then I'm gonna see if I can go up. Yeah, I'm gonna eat at Matthew's stage time. Yes, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, don't fuck up my midnight countdown. Um, and then I'm gonna be in Fargo in uh, in January, January 14th, 15th, and I'm gonna be at Denver Comedy Works February 10th, 11th, and 12th. So come check those out. Amazing. Um, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, bye. Bye.